Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You're now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Hope you're having a good uh, beginning of summer. It's been hot here. It's a little, it's nice and cool, though. Nice and cool today. Sort of, sort of a, sort of a nice break, maybe because I'm finally over this cold, or mostly over this cold. Missed a lot of good shows because of a damn virus, uh, but uh, I think there'll be a lot of good shows in the future. So it's not that bad. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about modern baseball. Now they they are a sort of a pop emo punk band from. From the uh, Philadelphia region, they have a uh, hot new album out called Holy Ghost. Got a big-ass write-up in the uh, New York Times, in fact. And you know, Paul and I are going to talk about why stuff like that happens. Uh, but before that discussion, we're actually talking about... Um, they have a hotline that they do uh, with Screaming Females now. And I think uh, um, Speedy Ortiz is on board with this about creating safe spaces at shows. Now, this is uh, just a, the basic concept is, is that, you know, if... If you are uh, touched in an inappropriate way, if you are harassed, if you are, you know, what, whatever happens that makes you not feel safe at a show, uh, that you can text this number and that will immediately alert security at that show in theory. And, um, and then hopefully the person will be removed. A lot of our discussion is, is about, you know, why, whether or not this is... This feels like doubling down a little bit because you should be able to do that. But apparently, uh, you know, we've gotten to the point where it is bad enough out there that uh, that just our standard rules don't apply and we need these extra measures. Um, somewhat unrelated, but but sort of related. You know, you all um, are familiar with the uh, Brock Turner case, uh, the, the Stanford rapist. Uh, and, you know... Uh, We've talked a lot about abuse. We've talked a lot about um, women in music and, and the mistreatment of them or just mistreatment of people in, in general. You know, if you remember the Heathcliff Brew case, uh, that, you know, people have accused him of, of rape. I don't think that's gone to court yet. Uh, you're talking about uh, the Kesha case, you know, although that's, that's, a, little, that's a little murkier there. Uh, way back to the Runaways uh, earlier this year, that story broke. Uh, the point I'm trying to get at is is that you know it, it is we shouldn't need this stuff anymore, but but we do. And when you have something that happens like this Brock Turner case, this could this happened at a frat house, but it could happen it could happen at a, at a club, it could have happened at a house show, it could have happened anywhere, and uh, it breaks my brain and my heart that that it keeps happening. Uh, so. You know, any, anything we can do to stop it from happening, uh, do so. So, you know, without even listening to this podcast, if, if stuff like this, if something happens to you at a show, speak up. Because, yeah, there's clearly, statistically, we see there's a lot of assholes there. Uh, there's a lot of people who might support that uh, and think it's okay to just, you know, grab some woman's uh, rear end that you don't know uh, because, you know, I'm a man, baby. Uh but it's not, and I guarantee you, at least in, in some of these uh, circles that we run in, th- there's more good guys there than bad. Uh, so don't be afraid to speak out against it and uh, just tell somebody. I-, I know it sucks, I know it's complicated, but it really is... We gotta do better. Um, and to dudes uh, who do this type of shit, 
you know, um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't understand it. I'm not like that. The people I know aren't like this. We weren't raised like this. It, I don't know what. This is this is something I, I just completely can't plug into. But uh, I'm gonna have a suggestion for you because I clearly don't understand what this is like to people. So I want you to stand there. I want you to take off your pants, your shorts, or whatever. Once you position yourself, and you know what I'm talking about, uh, there, and uh, and then I want you to slam the door on on your uh, on your privates three times. First time's gonna hurt. Second time, gonna hurt worse. Third time, if we're all lucky, uh, it's just gonna break off. You know that that's what you're doing to other people. Whether it be physically or emotionally, that that's that's what you're doing. So stop. Um, yeah, sorry to get all serious about that, but I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and uh, and it, and, it, and it's it's upsetting, uh, as we all know. So, um, so good on modern baseball, despite what our conversation. You know, we we give them a little guff here uh, for this hotline, but um, good on them, man. Uh, so, uh, we're going to be talking about Modern Baseball and, and their album and their hotline. And also at the back end of this, uh, to get it back out of Deadly Series Zone, uh, we're going to be uh, listening to a new track from one Robert Ellis. He has a new album out that is fantastic. It's self-titled. A uh, little spoiler, he's going to be back here in D.C. on the 23rd of June. And uh, last time he was in town, he did a Tiny Desk concert and then came immediately over here. His band and all their suits, and we sat down and had a really nice chat, uh, an unexpected chat, um, and uh, super groovy dude. So you got that look to look forward to in a few weeks. So uh, that's our podcast, you know, to end your week. So here we go, you know. And dudes, I'm serious. Door, pants off, do it. Can't. You just gotta learn, man. Um. Here you go, this is episode number 190 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're talking about the new album from Modern Baseball, Holy Ghost. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up in the last minute. That right there is a wonderful sound. I don't know why nobody has created an NPR setting because there is a setting and nobody will yeah. fucking like tell me what it is. But it, it makes you sound like Terry Gross. Mm-hmm. Well, Here this we I actually Kevin's have a pitch basement. shift, so I could sound like Terry Gross. It'd be interesting. Here we are in Kevin's basement, right? And for the next hour, we'll be listening to Air Supply. Sweaty balls. Sweaty. <laughs> sweaty. One, two. Sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> 
Uh, this new filter is going to make this sound sweet. Uh, welcome back, Paul. <laughs> that's that's staying in. I've been away so long. I know you've been away so long. Um, uh, we're down here today to talk about um, some feelings, I guess. Music, music. We're talking about is one of the rare occasions when the band and the news item are like interchangeable, which I like. Yeah, I dig it uh, because then it becomes a whole thing about a band uh, we wanted to talk about rather than us rambling for 30 minutes and then, hey, skip ahead to that review of the album. And nobody wants to hear us rambling for no, 30 minutes. No, they don't. We're going to do it anyways, though. Um, today we're talking about Modern Baseball. Uh, their album, Holy Ghost, recently came out. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be a few weeks back. Uh, pretty, pretty highly hyped, pretty highly uh, hailed. In fact, it made it in the New York Times. Uh, but up before we get to the music, what I want to talk about is, uh, and this has to do with uh, Screaming Females, a band that we are fans of. You are a bigger fan of mm-hmm. than I am. Um, they recently, uh, in, in a post that uh, the, we're linking to a Pitchfork post, but um, are setting up a hotline in conjunction with uh, with Screaming Females uh, to promote safe spaces at their shows. Uh, that number up front, uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, this is for fans that shows feeling unsafe, are encouraged to text 201-731-6626. And what this potentially will do is alert somebody at the venue. Um, and we were talking about this a lot online in, in our G chat, as we often do, Paul. Uh, That's true. And, and, and it's this like a- Slack, but not quite as advanced. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait, could we be more productive in our in our chats in Slack? I don't know if I'm allowed to use Slack. I think that's for internal communications, isn't it? For yeah, like I, I internal it business. We we do not have an internal business network. Well, we do. So. so I can integrate Slack into the chunky glasses shit. But don't. We're talking about the hotline. Anyway. We're talking about the hotline. <laughs> um, you know, in the punk community, and and I think this is. While this is a universal issue, obviously, uh, but in the punk community in the past two years, at least that I've seen, we, we've seen uh, a lot of people speaking up about safe spaces and mm-hmm. about uh, abuse and, and everything in the music industry. And I mean, that that goes from everything from the uh, the Runaways story last year uh, to Kesha now, which um, will not comment on that. Uh, but. Uh, you know, it, it is across the music industry and, and across these things that people are just shitty to people. That fair assessment. Um, this idea of, of safe spaces, and, and basically, Paul, I, I want you to walk me through this, maybe walk our listeners through this, like what they're talking about. This isn't a free speech thing like on the college campuses. This is more um, you're, you're out in a venue, maybe a, a shitty venue where a lot of punk bands play, and uh, requiring a certain level of respect is that was that the base level to start on yeah i think that's i think that's a very good baseline right there and and i think that when we're talking about i don't even want to put the term safe spaces on this because i think that it's loaded for a lot of people at this yeah. point like there's so many different ways to contextualize that and different interpretations people have well this is fundamentally about and this is as I read it. I'm not somebody who set up the hotline, so if they have a different read on it, then I, I hope that they will uh, they'll let us know. But this is about people, particularly women, mm-hmm. being able to feel safe going to different types of shows. You're down in the sh- you're down in the show. There's a mass of people there. 
some folks uh, might take liberties feeling that they are not being observed by Mm -hmm. others out there. And uh, the victims of those liberties might not feel like it's something that's worth reporting or that they should report or that anybody is going to listen if they do report. I think that this hotline is mostly about awareness. It's letting potential victims know that they've got somewhere that they can turn. They don't have to run to the back of the of the venue to try to find the security guard who may or may not be interested in what's right. going on. They don't right. have to rely on somebody else seeing what's going on. They've got somewhere to text. And it's also for you know, folks who might be prone to this sort of activity. I think that there are some that are there are some guys who are malicious. Yeah, and then there are yeah, some sure. who just sure. get too drunk and take advantage, which is also horribly wrong. But maybe hearing when you're a few beers deep, hey, there's a hotline that someone's going to call. Maybe that keeps your hand where it should be instead of <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of extending to where it shouldn't be. And I think that all of that is uh, giving giving victims an outlet and knowledge that someone is listening and giving potential perpetrators just that moment of pause that like maybe I'm not going to be able to get away with this is very positive for the whole scene in general. Mm-hmm. So so why why do you feel that this is coming like now in the past few years? Um, you know, because as I and I and this was a complete devil's in case you couldn't tell in the G chat, this is a complete devil's advocate position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that arguably we have uh that there are laws in place. You you can't in private grope somebody. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you certainly in in public you have that option. Like there is security. Like every venue in this town has security. Um, touching somebody against their will is a crime. Yep. Like there's it's not black or white. It's a crime. So why why do you feel like we've seen this this message need to be? Uh, I guess uplifted more lately. I mean, is it that it's just getting worse, or is it is it a new generation like discovering that like this is it's not to the point that they want it to be? Like, I personally think that it's because I don't think that there's anything that's getting worse. I don't think there's evidence that anything is getting particularly worse. In fact, I would hope that things like this are making things get better. It's more that people are more aware that there's a problem because we're using newer technology and frankly newer uh for, you know newer methodologies for traditionally disadvantaged groups to be able to speak out about the kinds of abuses that they've had to suffer mm-hmm. forever um and then using those as tools to make others aware and to rectify problems that have always existed like i don't no, I don't think that anything's getting worse. I think it's just taking problems that were in the dark before and bringing them to light and letting people know that there's something that they can do about it. Uh, I mean, to to extrapolate a little bit here, you know, domestic abuse victims are yeah. th- these. This is there's laws against it, but it's traditionally a very under prosecuted crime, and it's because people right. don't feel like they can they can report it. And when they do report it, the evidentiary standards are such that it's difficult to to get anything from the law, and it's even more so when you're talking about something that might be like somebody grabbing your butt in a con- in a in a concert venue. Yeah. I can see a lot of people thinking it's much as violating as that is. It's much easier to just shake it off, take two steps to the right 
and try to pretend that it didn't happen. And this is letting you know that you don't have to do that. Right. Right. Which is, and, and this is, this is coming from a, uh, you know, I, I'm a, about to be a 44 year old white male. So a particular, uh, particularly explicit point of privilege, privilege, um, that why, like to me, something like this seems common sense. So why would we see people not speaking out mm-hmm. about this already? So why I when when I if I hear about this from somebody that I know, like then I'm like, well, uh, we'll have to go end that person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But why why? I I guess is there a good explanation as to why this particular behavior? I mean, look, you're in a crowded room. Uh, things happen, and you know, like there is an important. You have to. Gizmo was on his first podcast. Hi, buddy. Um, and there is a difference between getting like knocked into somebody to actually reaching out and groping somebody. Mm-hmm. But is it that like I, I I struggle with people not speaking up about this and I, I don't know maybe you can explain to me why people don't spe- just speak up because if it was me if I'm standing there and somebody looks like looks me in the eye and grabs my junk male or female I'm gonna be like yeah no that's not acceptable well I think I think you hit it on the head without getting you know too de- deep down this path when you said privilege and both of us are in about as privileged a uh, class you can get without yeah. also being rich. Like yeah. we're <laughs> we are we are white males of a certain age, right there. So I don't think that we can we can fully understand or uh, effectively opine on the plights mm-hmm. of uh, of other groups and what they might go through. But I can say that you know you hear enough stories about the about these sorts of things happening, and you know that people, frankly, sadly people that look like us a lot of the times are the ones that are that are taking advantage of these situations and for us yeah you're right your instinct is going to be to say something to fight because you're protected by those very systems that have put us into a position of privilege yeah. and that underprivileged groups aren't going to feel that same you know that same freedom and frankly if you're talking about you might be talking about uh people who are smaller you know, less less physically imposing who are both going to be more likely to be victimized Mm -hmm. and less able to do anything about it physically. So knowing that someone's got your back in those situations is not... It's not rely. It's not overly relying on somebody. It's not saying I want someone to fight my battles for me. It's just knowing that you can even the playing field between someone who might have you at a disadvantage and you. Yeah, because I hear... Horror stories of, uh, of this happening, and I mean horrific. I mean, we're talking about uh, if you look at a lot of reports on this, like musicians being on stage and having somebody insert their fingers into a female musician's vagina, which is like that. I I don't under like I, I can't I, even comprehend that. Right, I can't, and 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 I certainly haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, that doesn't mean it, ha- it didn't happen though. Um, so like beyond a hotline like this, like what needs to happen, do you think to ensure that like this doesn't happen? Because I do, because I do feel, and this was the gist of our conversation, 
you know, you, there is a level of personal responsibility when you're out in public. And the idea that this safe space, you know, is completely uh, subjective in in some cases, uh, you know, you could look at somebody and then they feel unsafe. And, mm-hmm. and that type of thing, it's not that that's not okay. Like how – if you are made to feel unsafe in any manner, like then – like something is wrong. But there, there is a difference between that and like what I mentioned about like on, happening on stage or somebody like groping abreast. Yeah. And, well, and I think that – I think you're right. I think that there's always a level of personal responsibility, but that it's a responsibility of society to provide that check. When the level level of personal personal responsibility is not there, maybe you get some over reporting here. But I tend to think, just from the history of these sorts of things, yeah. that the risk of over reporting is infinitesimal compared to the actual problem of what's going on. And the, the, the yeah. example the example I brought up on G Chat is you know the actions that have been taken in Japan and here to deal with similar issues on subway trains. Like this, this has we been. We just going- had a rape on a subway train in DC that wasn't reported for months. Which is just uh, that blows That's my mind. That's mind blowing, and that goes way outside of what we're talking about right here. That's, I, don't, I don't think it does. But okay, you should well, be safe on a fucking metro train. You should be. You should be safe. But like this, you know, subway groping is a real problem, and you're talking about yeah, you're talking about daylight, mm-hmm. commuter hours, yeah. public spaces, and you take you take that and put it in a concert venue where you're talking about. Darkness, drugs, alcohol. drugs, alcohol, music that's making people bounce around and give them a you know plausible deniability for uh, for bumping into people over and over again. And I think that most folks can tell the difference between someone hitting them in a pit or yeah. bouncing against them when they're dancing and a more deliberate, more violative act. And that's what this hotline is for. Yeah. And it's to let folks know that. You know, it's not right, and if something happens to you, there's someone listening, and they're going to do something about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just wanted to highlight that. I mean, it's it's a super important thing um, that, like everything in this world, like uh, it's not a perfect solution. <laughs> it's just, uh, the perfect solution is like uh, y'all stop acting like fucking assholes. That's a, that's a good solution to most problems. I mean, that is. Uh, you're lucky I'm not in charge of the world because <laughs> uh, this this would be the case. Kevin's lawn is so small there would not be anybody. Left. <laughs> there would not <laughs> like assholes over here. Oops, that's <laughs> into the pit of lava. Um, so uh, you know, to their credit, that's what modern baseball is doing uh, on this tour, and they're not the only bands that are doing this tour. I know. Uh, in fact, the band will probably be competent to. We talk about that, like Type Fighter, like Ryan McLaughlin is really big on this, uh, you know, and it is a, it, it, right now it seems to be particular to a certain scene, certain type of music, but it's growing and I think it's important and I think it's as important as anything uh, that we're talking about today in in just treating people like well and not whether you're like, you know, Black Lives Matter, whatever the fuck you're talking about, just like... God damn it! Stop being assholes. That's that's all I can say. It all, it's all it's all just the golden rule, man. Don't yes, be a dick. It is. <laughs> it is. So uh, I'm like us about to talk about this mobile album. Mm. So uh, ready to talk about some rock? 
Apple Cider, I Don't Mind, uh, from Modern Baseball. They're a Philadelphia quartet, in case you don't know. Uh, you probably do, because right now they are one of the most hyped uh, bands in the land. They got on the, uh, I guess, the front page of the New York Times Arts section, uh, which is unwarranted for any indie band. In case you were wondering... Uh, the people who are going to buy your albums, if you're making music like this, do not read the New York Times. <laughs> More uh, correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know when was the last time something from Philadelphia was on the front page of the New York Times art <laughs> section. <laughs> this is like, hey, we're one, not here to bash up Philly. Hey, this is no, no. I'm not. I love Philly, but uh, New York sees them as like their stunted cousin, right? Yeah. There. Like, yeah. oh, every so often we got to just pat you on the head and give you something. Yeah. But. We we had a similar situation with uh, car seat headrest uh, being like pimped on NPR all the time, and I can tell you from being at that show, he was amazing. You can watch <laughs> it. He was fucking amazing, but. The audience that was there to see him ended at that pillar, at that first pillar. Everybody there was just like, oh, let's check this out because NPR talked about it. And it it's well, well, we were there to see him when we were back by the soundboard. Yeah, but we were on the fucking music site. So <laughs> we're a little bit different than the uh, than the casual consumer. Anyways, we're not talking about car seat headrest. Uh, we're talking about modern baseball. Uh, four piece from uh, Philadelphia, PA. Uh, sounds like pretty much every emo band ever to my ear, but really, uh, and I mean this as a compliment, a lot of Blink-182 up in this. Uh, talking about Brendan Lukens, he's on guitar and vocals, he's one of the main songwriters. Uh, Jake Ewald, also the, the second songwriter. Uh, Sean Huber and Ian Farmer, they all met in, in college, although I think uh, Lukens and Ewald are from around here, like in Maryland. Uh, went to college outside Philly, various schools up there. Got their start playing house shows, and they, they, they are and were big on the DIY scene. Uh, this is their third release. Uh, they've been described as, shit, emo, folk punk, pop punk. Uh, to my ear, they have a lot in common with uh, some friends of ours in Type Fighter, uh, Ryan McLaughlin, which, rest in peace, Type Fighter, because uh, they were awesome. Uh, might have done this stuff better. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to start some shit, but uh, I, I preferred it. Um, you know, speaking of the New York Times piece, it, you know, the title was "Young, Resilient, and Already Reborn." Um, a lot of. Um, it's a pretty slick press piece about a not so slick band. Uh, a lot of talk about music that's out of vogue. Uh, talking about the emo stuff, which is not. I mean, this is there's a square audience for people who can't get into the aggressive punk, right? I mean, there always will be. I yeah, guess. there always will be. There always will be. Um, this is uh, don't let anybody tell you differently. This is mainstream pop punk. I mean, and I and again, yeah. I don't I don't mean that pejoratively. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's pop it's punk. A, and dude, then it's an album made by young people for young people. Well, okay. I, I have no idea what the young people enjoy, so... <laughs> um, you know, it is uh, a, a genre that I don't often, like, dip into, uh, like I said, but uh, there's a lot of feels going on here. There's a lot of weird... That weird emo harmonizing where you just have the guy shouting in the background for no reason. Um, and, and yet, like... Despite all the hype, you know, I, I said turn it off for the car seat headrest thing. I find myself tuning in a little more to this and and sort of feeling like uh, what they're what they're putting down. I, I don't necessarily. This is not gonna. I don't think this album will change your life, like a lot of people in the New York Times. I mean, it it might, 
Well, it might. Look, this is Trapper Keeper Rock. So if you're at the age Whoa. where you're carving things into your Trapper Keeper, this might change your life. Right, right. So so let's speak to that. Like, uh, you know, youth for youth music that's like taken over. Like, where do we fit into this, Paul? I don't know. If, if this is what the youths want, then I am uh, well outside the youth demographic. Wait, is it on your lawn? I don't know. It's it's one of those things where yeah, I, I can I, I I'm gonna kind of disagree with your Blink One Eighty Two analogy because like there's something there in the in the harmonizing, but as somebody who's seen Blink One Eighty Two live and has uh, enjoyed a mosh pit at a free Blink One Eighty Two show, um, I can tell you there's a lot more energy in Blink-182. Yeah. Um, and that whole SoCal, like, ska pop-punk scene, uh, it was like the third wave ska pop-punk, like, mid-90s scene, um, was uh, was higher energy than this. Some of them went emo later on, but this is uh, heart laid bare cry rock right here. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Uh, cry rock. You just invented a new genre. I mean, well, it's going for trapper keeper rock is the new genre. Tra- right yeah. There, like but... cry rock, I think is a little better. Uh, okay. no, I mean, you know, this is exactly, you know, we just, uh, it'll come out. It will have come out before this. I think, uh, talked with Quinn and Maddie and ran above the Bayou. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the bands that they booked were this upcoming, you know, blog rock bands, if you will. Uh, playing in this like pop pop sound uh, again, you know. I I don't know emo from like Adam. I I just it was never a part of my vocabulary. Um, but if you play it, I can be like, oh, that's vaguely emo. So people calling it that. Um, you know, when I hear what's going on here, it's it's problems I don't necessarily relate to, even though if you read all the context about it, uh, one of the singers, uh, severe problems with uh, alcohol abuse and depression, and, and which is uh, you know, a very serious matter, um, shouldn't be used to sell an album. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it, it was in this case. No, I think it's, I think it's just the, the hook that they use for the, for the interviews. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, but you, these are very small songs. The entirety of the album, I think, is what, like 27 minutes? 27 minutes. So, very small songs about sometimes very big things. And even if they're not big things, these kids feel this stuff. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, we recently talked about White Long and how that affected you. I, I, I don't know why this affects me, but I, I, I sort of, over the past few days listening to this, I found myself sort of rooting for these guys. As much as I don't want to. Like, you know, Paul, this is not what I listen to. No, it really isn't. I'm kind of surprised that it's resonated as much with you as it has. Um, I don't know if resonate is the right word. <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems to have resonated. It's growing on you. It, it is growing on me. Um, it's I, The thing that gets me about this, and it annoys me about a lot of emo, and it's why it's why I have never really been able to get into uh, that loosely defined genre that much is it takes a lot of its musical cues mm-hmm. from punk and pop punk. Yeah. But it strips the rage. Like I, <laughs> and not rage for rage's sake. Can we call but it like, wedgie rock? For now? Can we call it wedgie rock? <laughs> it's possible. Okay. But what, what, what just 
grates on me about it is that it's all problems and no solutions. It's nobody oh, yeah. saying like, this is what I'm going to do, or at least I'm angry about this and feeling like there's a call to action. It's, have you, it's not have, always have wallowing, you seen but it's mu- at least Paul, sitting within the space. Have you seen pop music history? Like, I don't, we revel in our suffering. I do, in, in our songs, but there's suff- But your suffering should always have catharsis, or the potential. The catharsis is the relatability, or the potential for catharsis. Okay. If it's, if it's just reveling in that space, even if that's the, even if that's the headspace you're in, and I understand that the uh, the lead singer's been dealing with uh, with clinical depression, mm-hmm. and that's that's a huge problem. And if this is the way he deals with it, then that's that's great. And I hope I hope this music reaches. Dozens, hundreds, yeah. thousands of people, and helps them in some way. It does not resonate with me because my and, and hell, this uh, this dovetails with what we were talking about with the hotline right here. I respond better when somebody's saying, "Here's a problem, and I'm angry about it. Here's a problem, and here's at least the inkling of a way I want to deal with it." Yeah. And from this, it just I get a lot of like, "Here's a problem." And I'm sad. Go cut yourself to it? Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, because no, no, that's no, actually no. one of the things he was diagnosed I, with. Yeah, so it was. Look. It was. And, and it's 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 referenced a lot of times on yeah. this album. Um, uh, don't ever do that. Yeah, it's um, a, that's a very serious problem. I have a family member who's dealt with it. It's not, that's not anything to joke about. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, let's hear a song. This is, uh, we, we were trying to get um, Tori Kerr down here because... She's actually why we're reviewing it because she spoke up about them and was like, "This modern baseball is the shit." Uh, she's doing her own uh, radio show tonight, Radio CPR. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Give her a bump. Uh, but uh, so she could not be here. But all five of our listeners should go look at it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have like we'll, we'll talk numbers yeah, later. We have fives. Yes, many fives. Um. But when I said, like, what, what's your take on the album? She's like, the only song that matters is Mass. So uh, that's what we're going to play. So this is Mass of Modern Baseball's Holy Ghost. Pulled over at midday, the Joker's still wet behind the ears. He hands off the novel of novice citations outside the service station. The glue sets beneath our heels. My baby's in Massachusetts. And all this proves is useless. Sunset scene, my stretch. Making coffee together, snow globes and jersey sheets. I tried sleeping in our bed without you last night. That didn't work at all, cause I couldn't sleep. Sometimes I wish it was still last summer and you still lived in South Philly. And I wasn't playing a show in Nebraska or Austin, Texas. Asking the kids what they ate for breakfast. But here I am, Bolero Bathroom, who's paid to keep these things cliche. Mass from uh, Modern Baseball. And that is, uh, you know, we said it earlier in, in this discussion, but that that's, you know, let's remove the punk aspect from this. Uh, that that's that's pop music in 2016, and yeah. and and 
honestly, it's it's really well made pop music. Uh, I won't go Taylor Swift level, but I mean, they know they know their audience. They know how to construct this stuff. There, there's a lot of thought being put into w- what is going to work, and that in itself is a talent. Now, whether what we're talking about is whether or not that makes it worth your while. Yeah, I mean, this is going to definitely connect with uh, you know some marginally disaffected high school kids. That's. <laughs> I say marginally because I think the really disaffected high school kids are going for something weirder. Mm-hmm. Like this is like the ones who are like, "Oh, that girl didn't look at me across the room, and now I'm sad." They'll yeah. Connect. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, th- there's some points in this where it talks about. Uh, in fact, the last song on this, um, I don't know the name of it. Well, I have it right here. Uh, Just another face. I think directly addresses uh, the lead singers. It, it, this is written by the other lead singer and re- lead songwriter. Uh, his uh, stint in rehab. If I, unless I'm reading it wrong, um, about and it's basically saying like I'll be there for you, and you're not just another face. And, what, and I mean, it's a beautiful sentiment, and it's a beautiful uh, you know to see these guys like looking out for each other, and and that's. On a micro level, that's important. Would you not agree? I, I totally agree. Like, I appreciate the sentiment. I think that the what what I'm reacting to is the lack of extremity. Like, yeah. there's not, like, like I said before, there's not the rage, but there's also not, like, the feeling that you're just deep within this. Like, there's no, you want to talk about, you want to talk about going somewhere and going to rehab and where you're at? There's no grief on this album, you know? Yeah. There, there's no, there's yeah. nothing that pulls you into that spot. And maybe, maybe you think that's, that's intentional. I think it might be, I think because he's pulling out of it, which is great, but it mm-hmm. kind of pulls it in this, into this middle level. Like things are bad and I'm sad about it, but it's, pr- but it's probably going to be okay. Like I want to see some, I want to see some extremes. I want to see either the depths of where you were at or the catharsis or ideally both like mm-hmm. let me know how low you were and let me know where you're at now and let me know what you're trying to do in the future like that's an arc and this all kind of plays what, at like a low middle what would you say to people who hear that hear this and they think that and feel like they're getting that though then i say great because because, because look we, we are older we are yeah. older men and, and i want to be clear i say great yeah like i said before if you're in a bad place if you're having issues with depression cutting anything like this and this album helps you through it then more power to you don't listen to me i'm just some asshole on a microphone right now like i'm talking you're definitely an asshole yeah and there's a microphone in front (laughs) of me so there you go factually correct (laughs) yeah first time in history yeah so look what what i say doesn't mean anything in that circumstance and take from this what what you will i'm saying how it connected with me and how i see the arc of the album and it just doesn't hit but i think it will hit for a lot of people yeah and good on them yeah so what are you gonna do with it i'm gonna pass i just yeah there's just there's nothing on paul even though you got a baby on the way yeah well you know my baby is gonna be listening to different music but this has not this is not like influenced you like this this you have not like introspected to the like looking back at at young paul and thinking like man i used to feel this young young paul didn't really relate to this either and maybe young paul has lived a privileged life but young paul had issues but they were not issues that were would have been alleviated by this album all right I, I am actually going to stream it. I will I will uh, 
fight anyone who who wants to come up and call it a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Uh, but for what it is, uh, these guys can write some good songs. Title checking Dave Eggers right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but these guys can write some good songs. Uh, they got some good hooks. Uh, they, uh, I think the emotional depth is a problem, but that's also because I'm old. I, I mean, there's no way around that. There, there are the ways we experienced you and me, Paul, when we were younger. And if you're younger and listening to this, you'll you'll get there. Uh, are very different than when you know we were the age that I think this is targeted at. Yeah, because uh, you learn things. If you don't, you fail. You just like it's like life's not gonna work out for you. But you you learn things and and uh, you learn what's important. And honestly, I think thanks to the uh, it's it's this, we said this is not a fair comp. Thanks to that car seat headrest album this year, I can vaguely remember like being like, oh, yeah, a little spark of, yeah, I can remember what they're talking about was important to me. So I'm gonna give them the stream. So. Feels. In a curiously well-kept house built before I was born This year we're gonna stamp out the sorry feeling Rain on summer vacation Five blocks from Tasker Morris Station Fuck for the ride home if I can't find two bills To rub together before Midnight rolls around I thought you heard Alright, so Modern Baseball uh, the name of the album is Holy Ghost. You can, you probably have already listened to it, and uh, if not, um, go out and listen to it. Decide for yourself. Shoot us an email and say, uh, "Man, you guys really are fucking old. Oh, uh, you're assholes." Or you write on, you know, whatever. Uh, we like to engage in in discussions at all hours of the day, um, mainly not between midnight and eight a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. We're gonna we're gonna close up this podcast, but uh, not before we get to play a track. Uh, track we're gonna play today is is a kind of groovy track uh, from a guy who you're gonna hear a little bit about. He he was actually down here in the basement talking about Robert Ellis. Uh, he's a uh, I hesitate to say country and western singer because he plays both kinds of music. And uh, right now his new album, uh, like it's named after him, Robert Ellis is about to come out and uh and it is a it's an odd beast i i will say that uh but regardless had a wonderful conversation with robert that you're going to hear in a few weeks here when he's back in dc right now i wanted to get you just introduced to like what he's putting down so uh this is the song california off of robert ellis's album robert ellis up in the back of a van but she would have gone to the moon if that's what it took to follow him it's funny what love makes you do it's 
standing alone There in the kitchen she's packing up plates again Standing alone She is remembering every fight with him Thinking alone What am I doing here in this ghost town? Now that he's gone There isn't a reason for me to stick around And she says Maybe I'll move to California With the unbroken part of my heart I still have left Maybe I'll fall in love again someday I'm not gonna hold my breath I'm not gonna hold my breath Which way to go When every road leads away from the things you wanted Which way to go When every memory is built like a home that's wanted Closing your eyes Dream of a place where things turn out the way you planned Everything dies Dream of a place where the living resides again And she said, maybe I'll move to California With the unbroken part of my heart I still have left Maybe I'll fall in love again someday I'm not gonna hold my breath I'm not gonna hold my breath California uh, off the self-titled album, Robert Ellis. Uh, Paul, what did you think of that? It's pretty groovy. I was uh, I was telling you while I was playing that it sounded like uh, country by way of momentary lapse of reason, yeah. right there. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, I'm digging that. It's 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 a it's a uh, he's sort of a wild dude. Like like I said, he's down here. We talked. It was, it was a great conversation. Uh, you'll hear that soon. Um, but. Really uh, talking to him gave me a lot of insight into what he's trying to do and unlocked a lot of this album for me. And it's, uh, you know, and Powers from NPR is already like preaching this, but uh, it is, uh, I think it's worth a lot of the praise. Well, I mean, we'll be talking about it, like the album later on in the year once out. So uh, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, this marks the first podcast that Gizmo was on. So sorry, Giz, you busted up in a serious conversation. <laughs> he's like he's hugging his crack mouse uh thanks for coming down paul uh no problem we have 
until November till I'm gonna cross you off the list. There's no cross off. Nah, I know. Baby, no. baby can be on the podcast. Baby can be on the podcast, and we didn't say it on the last podcast, but I, I'm I'm super happy for you, man. Thanks, man. As as uh, we'll we'll see this thing grow. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited too. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So uh, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play. Uh, rate us somewhere or not. I think Eduardo got us some ratings. Rate us all the places. Rate us all the places. Uh, send us an email if you see us at a show. Come say hi. Uh, Paul likes Jägermeister, so if you see him, like we get no, don't, don't do that. No, don't, no. I mean, don't that, listen to anything true. Kevin says. Uh, uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Uh, and in fact, next week uh, we have a few groovy things coming up. One of which is oh no, wait, that might have already happened. The Day of the Dead thing. Yeah. There's more music coming. There Just is. don't worry about it. All right. Well, uh, we're out of here. Uh, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. We'll talk to you in a few. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!